In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Last week, as we were nearing the end of Epiphany, today being the last Sunday of Epiphany, we began really talking about how we are changed by Christ. The entire season of Epiphany is really about the change that we experience when we meet God. That change is something that we all experienced this week in a pretty significant way. A lot has changed in our world since last Sunday. My expectation is that the invasion of Ukraine's been on many of our minds and our news feeds, we've been hearing a lot about it and it can seem a bit scary, confusing. We can actually feel a bit helpless to actually do anything good about such a horrible situation. Now, I am no global political expert, and so I'm not going to sit here and wax poetically about what I think about these things, but I do know a bit about Christian discipleship. And I found an article written by a youth pastor in Kyiv who discussed his decision to stay in the city before the invasion. And I wanted to read a bit of this article to you because it is a very powerful witness to just what Christian discipleship is all about. <clears throat> this youth pastor in Ukraine writes, in recent weeks, nearly all the missionaries have been told to leave Ukraine. Western nations evacuated their embassies and citizens. Traffic in the capital of Kyiv was disappearing. Oligarchs, businessmen, and those who could afford it are leaving, saving their families from potential war. Should we do the same? My wife and I have decided to remain in the city, near Kyiv. We want to serve the people here along with our church, where I joined the pastoral team in 2016. In anticipation of the coming disaster, we've bought a supply of food and medicine and fuel so that if necessary, we'll be able to help those in need rather than burden them. We're raising four daughters. What I worry about most is my 16-year-old who travels to college every day for an hour and a half one way, by public transportation. <clears throat> the media warns that if Russia invades, mobile communications will be lost, public transit is likely to collapse. Thankfully, her classes have now gone online. How should the church respond when there is a growing threat of war, when there is constant fear in society? We believe the church is a place of spiritual struggle. And if the church is not relevant at a time of crisis, then the church is not relevant in a time of peace. For three days in a row, the lights have been turned off in the city. We were forced to meet in the dark, adding a solemn atmosphere to our prayers for peace. And at the end of the week, those moments produced in us an inner strength to persevere. We've recently conducted several trainings on performing first aid. People are learning how to apply a tourniquet stop bleeding, apply bandages, and manage airways. And these lay people aren't going to become doctors, but this has given them confidence to care for their neighbors if necessary. In fact, when I first announced the first aid training, one church member told me, now I know why I need to stay in Ukraine. He had planned to leave. He knew he was not a soldier. He wasn't able to take up arms and fight, but he now wants to stay to help the wounded and to save lives. If necessary, the church campus can be turned into a shelter. We have a good basement. We're ready to deploy a heating station, as well as provide a place for a military hospital. We've even gathered information on who in the church are doctors, mechanics, plumbers. 
even who has wells in case of a water shortage. And while the church may not fight like the nation, we still believe that we have a role to play in this struggle. We will shelter the weak, serve the suffering, and mend the broken. And as we do, we offer the unshakable hope of Christ and his gospel. Stories like that can be very powerful. And for those of us sitting in a comfortable pew today, not under attack, it can be a bit confusing. We might wonder why someone like that would stay in a war zone like that. Perhaps we're even courageous enough to wonder if we would stay if we were in their place. When I hear stories like this, I realize just how powerful change can actually be in one's life when Christ gets a hold of us. We are not in a war zone today, and we can be thankful for that. Perhaps we even think there's a blessing in that, kinda. But we are still called outside ourselves to do things that could actually scare us. And that call is made explicit today. We hear two lessons today about meeting God face to face. The first comes from Exodus. Moses has taken the Israelites to Sinai and he goes up on the mountain and he sees God face to face. And it is such a powerful moment, such an overwhelming change in his life that he is literally glowing. He comes down the mountain shiny because he has been changed in such a profound way. And then in today's gospel lesson, we hear Peter, James, and John, they go up a mountain, again, up a mountain with Jesus, and they stay awake enough to see Jesus transfigured. Jesus changed in front of them, and they are changed. And what I find most interesting about that story is always that Peter's first response is, let's build something here to mark this incredible moment. And then God says, do not stay here, but go. The change that we might experience through God is one that could make us come here and build a building and stay and find ourselves anchored in a particular place because it's a beautiful place. And yet God very clearly over and over and over again shows us the example that we are then to go. Do not stay, go. Go do something and live your faith out. And the good news for us is that we can do that in ways that are actually far safer than in many places of the world, but still might be a bit scary. Yesterday, more than 50 St. Michaelites spent the entire day riding around on a bus, going around the city, and meeting partners, partners in the community, partners doing incredible work, and all for one real purpose. And that was to identify opportunities for us, for you and me, to go out in the world and to serve, to actually leave the comfort of this place, and with some courage, meet the needs of the people out in the world. The work that we did yesterday, that tour that we took, it was not for fun and it was not for obligation. It was because they were answering that call, answering that call in faith and courage that God is calling us to be. And that has changed. There are people in this parish 
that meet that call, that answer the change that God is inviting them into with courage, we too can be changed to walk a new path in a new way. We can be changed to be more courageous. We can be changed to make our lives a witness to the strength of the gospel of Christ. Our world is absolutely scarier this week than last week. But we, we are still here. We are still being called by God to be change in the world, to witness to God's power and love with courage. We are not helpless. We can, in small ways, do big things. Small steps can make a big change. This Wednesday, we begin a new season. Lent is an opportunity for us to actually make those small steps toward that change. As we approach this new season, I hope that we will have the courage to take our faith in God outside these walls in new ways, to allow Christ to seep into us, to get into us and to mess us up in such a powerful way that we don't remain the people we were and instead we become the people that I know deep down we want to be. God offers us everything we need to be courageous where we are, to face the challenges where we are, and to bring other people to that kind of courageous faith as well. We have everything we need, everything we need to act, everything we need to be courageous, and now the choice is up to us. Will we take those steps? Will we go outside of ourselves? Will we meet the challenges in front of us and not feel overwhelmed? We have God's strength in us to do amazing things where we are. Now it's just up to us to say yes. Amen.